0: Hey everybody, you're listening to the Built on Web3 podcast, your on-ramp into the world of Web3. On this show, we chat with product leaders, builders, content creators, and business owners about how they're implementing Web3 strategies into their businesses. I hope you learned something new and enjoy today's episode. Corey, happy Wednesday. We are so excited to chat with you today about Superfest and all things Web3. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Um, I think this is like one of the first like pro podcasts we've done since we started. A lot of things are Twitter Spaces, so I feel honored. I feel elevated, ready Hell to rip yeah. it. Nice. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I've been uh, I think two people now have introduced me to Superfest, so I'm excited to get into it. But before nice. we go down that that um, rabbit hole here, give us some background on yourself. What were you up to pre Web three?
1: Um, wow. So that's actually a really interesting uh, to talk about that like whole story. So uh, in 20, really it's 2019, but it was like December of 2018, I had just started my creative agency called 11 ounces, which stands for the average weight of a human heart. We had had this, um, you know, desire to do something that was more soulful in the way that we connected brands to c- consumers. We felt like, the, you know, what was happening already at that point in time with, you know, the Mass abundance of influencers and social media. Like one of the things that we were inspired by is the fact that like all these brands were like really hell bent on building social communities, but didn't really want to engage with them. Like there was no dialogue, right. It was just like one way communication of like, please listen to me. So like our whole philosophy was like, well, if we start to listen to the people and rally communities around these brands, we'll develop creative with your core consumer. That'll ultimately be better than what anybody could ever create. Cause these people love your product and your brand anyway. Right. So like, that was like our whole like positioning. Um, and we, did, I think it was like a year of work and then the pandemic hit. Mm. And the hardest part about that is like, you're looking at all this stuff that like, you know, you build your career for the opportunity, many people to become an entrepreneur. Like I wasn't, I came from a, you know, background being born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, where like, you know, uh, I didn't have disposable income that was there for me to go and just get seed money. Right. And I wanted to bootstrap it. And I didn't really want to have investors. I wanted to like, you know, go like the more like path, less traveled, which you'll come to find out I'm a glutton for pain. Um, <laughs> and you know, you look at these world circumstances and you're like, Holy shit, like I'm working so hard, but it doesn't really matter right now. Does it? Cause whatever you think matters has to be put on hold because there's all these other circumstances. So, you know, long story short, we fought through that and actually became a way better business throughout it all. Um, and the two best parts about it were, and I tell, I, I only tell this story, story to some people um, in terms of how I became affiliated with Superfly, um, but I learned really how to operate a business the right way through this because you had to think differently and also how to like survive. Um, mm-hmm. And so we started doing, like I was telling you before the show, a lot of live streaming production. Uh, working in gaming tournaments, we were managing SoundCloud's whole like, uh, Twitch channel at the time, which they were very invested in doing a bunch of weekly shows. Um, and the funny thing is, and you know, for better or worse, I was like, you know, like by any means necessary, I learned how to do video production because I had no other choice to like save the business. Um, so in that time, right before the pandemic hit two weeks, I have my first conversation with Rick Farmer, the CEO of Superfly. Um... We get introduced to him because they're working on a new exploratory project for Superfly. Someone who I used to work with when I was a uh, uh, head of brand for basketball at Under Armour was mm-hmm. like, oh, you got to talk to Corey. Him and his partners are really good in this field, blah, blah, blah. We have one conversation where like, we're literally just riffing on like a, you know, WebEx or, or like, even I, we weren't even using live video at that point, right? Because we <laughs> it wasn't a pandemic. Um, and... I was like, okay, cool, great. Like, you know, I've been to Bonnaroo, love Superfly, What went to school in Tennessee, so I'm familiar with you guys. End the call, pandemic hits. I'm like, oh, the thing we were talking about because it was experiential-based, like, not gonna happen now, so like, we'll just go on our merry way. Nine months later, Caroline, who's my partner in crime on Superfest, hits my email and she's like, hey, I was given this project that I think you were a part of, the person who was running it's no longer here, but on a piece of paper it said, Corey, 11 ounces are really dope. Talk to them. (laughs) She's like, let's talk. And then long story short now, like I'm an official employee, Superfly. I'm a co-founder of Superfest. I'm working with Rick and Caroline on a daily basis. I consider them family now. And it's like that chance occurrence is how we got here. Um, And the last piece that I would say that happened, like, you know, in this whole run-up is I just became obsessed with Web3 because the whole Mm. community nature that we were building in our business and creative is like my struggle was how do we make this make sense from an infrastructure perspective, right? Like, it's nice to say conceptually, we're going to do creative differently, but like when it all hits the fan, what's your infrastructure? And I just wasn't tapped in, you know, in 2018 really to be like, oh yeah, it's the blockchain, you know? Um, and so went through red three, I was like, yeah, like all this other stuff that's cool and speculative assets and making money, like that's fun, whatever. But I was like, this is the future of like how shit starts to change and the paradigm for how we communicate as communities and brands and people starts to become more consequential in my mm-hmm. point of view. So that's a way well, longer introduction than you asked for, but I feel like maybe <laughs> there's some good nuggets there. <laughs> yeah, yeah all good. So what was it
0: about, so it seems like with your creative agency, you're dealing with a lot of community building and community mm-hmm. engagement. What, yeah. what piece of web three was it that really clicked in your brain where you were like, Oh, this, this is the new thing that I need to be a part of.
1: Well, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I don't know if it was like one thing. I, what I was in the spirit of at this point in time, and I'll be the first. I'll be. I'll directly say that I was part of this transition was, I got into Web three because of GameStop, fact, and I think a lot of people did. Yep. And my whole thing with GameStop was like, I wasn't someone that was super th- there, super early. I was there right before it like exploded, and my whole thing has always been uh, like, if I, if you talk to people that know me the one thing that they would say is like he has a natural superpower for is like, I can see when a cultural trend is like, right. Like is like bubbling to a point of like, if you don't get on this train now, you're going to miss it. Cause it's like, it's out the door. And so, um, I did that successfully with GameStop and I got like all my friends who were already hanging out in discord and like, you know, in the pandemic I was playing video games for the first time and like, you know, fucking eight years and stuff like that. Having a blast hanging out with college friends where we're like 32 people on a server streaming everything from like Twitch shows. to like League of legends, whatever. And uh, you know, funny enough, there was just like, we have, we have like all different age ranges, right? So like our buddy's brother was like 21 and he's like, have you heard of this wall street bets thing? I was like, so I, of course I'm the first one to check it out. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. But I was like, there's something here. And so I just start watching it and I just start seeing the momentum. And I'm watching like the user count go up on the daily. And I'm like, okay, yeah, we need to all tap in on this. And everybody's like, fuck you, like, no way, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool. I, I'm going to do it myself. And then, of course, everybody comes in. We ride that whole, you know, week. We have like literally songs to this day. If I play this song, like, everyone's like, oh my God, are we making money? Like, that's like what we played like as it was all going off. And I was like, and I told everybody, I was like, I'm not here to make money. I'm here for the cultural phenomenon, I'm here for the story because there's something in this internet culture that's brewing that is being forced through the pandemic, but like, it's already here. Mm-hmm. So it's happening now at a hyperbolic scale. And I want to get on the inside of this and start to dissect it because I think there's some real creative ideas and kind of like human ideas and concepts that can be birthed out of this. And so that happened and, you know, got off the train, dissected it. Like I thought it was really interesting. And then like the conversation where Web3 was happening where like, I had a chance to mint aboard ape and was just like, I, I I've never forget looking at this because I was, um, where was I? I think I went into the office during the pandemic or something at one point, like as we were cleaning it out to get rid of the office because we work remote now. And I remember like going to my computer and looking at it being like, no fucking way. Like, no way. No way. There's no way. I was like, a YouTube channel? Like, no way. And I just like remembered like texting some people. I was like, what do you think about this? They're like, you're high. Like if you, if you think, and I, and I was like, okay, fine, cool, cool. I'm not crazy. Uh, and then like I walked away and funny enough, the end of that week, you know, I start looking in like this business is starting to come in for us and like we're figuring set this shit out. Right. And the funny thing is like, you start figuring it out and you're like, wait a minute, like I've reduced headcount and operations. So actually my business is like healthier than it's ever been. Cause I'm like doing it in a different way. Cause I'm forced to think about this puzzle piece differently. <laughs> and i look at crypto punks because i'm like this something keeps bringing me back to this and it wasn't like gary v was a little bit like i know gary and like i like my mentor i was telling you about earlier is very close with him so we, we mm-hmm. have connective tissue there but but i was just like until it makes sense for me whatever and, and i started getting some money in my like bank account like you know like kind of flexible money and i'm like i think i'm gonna buy a crypto punk. and i'm like i'm sitting there like about to put bids and i'm like no way. Like, what the fuck are you? Like, like, if you told your wife, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you got How a much kid at that time? 18,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So that's no long. doubt. And so it was one of those things. And like, I, I I'm happy to be the person that's like the naysayer or whatever. And then I just started seeing conversations on social and interest from interesting people and doing my own research to the point where I was like, Next thing that I see, like, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to ape in and I'm just going to like ride the train and I'm going to go from the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and just try to consume as much knowledge as I can. That's just what I did. And, um, you know, the coolest part is like, I've built so many dope relationships with people that I otherwise would not have met. Like, I see this more as like a bigger way to have consequence through digital connectivity than ever before and to rally people with common interests to create really cool things that didn't exist. And so what's fascinated me, but I didn't engage with it to a deep degree was like the concept of DAOs was like where I was like, wow, like that's really interesting. Like this, like, Oh, you're going to invent the next Disney. It's like, I'll believe that shit when I see it. You know what I mean? Um, if anybody has a chance to do it, I think it's Yuga, And for many different reasons. And I think actually the other sides can be fire. There's a lot a long way to go. Let me be clear. Like I'm a supporter of that, especially that ecosystem for what they've achieved um, but the DAO concept, to me, felt like, in a way, what culture has been missing and needing for a long, long time. And I didn't know how to engage with it, but I knew that like that's where my research was really going to focus around.
0: Mm-hmm. So for, for listeners that don't know what DAOs are, how do you explain a DAO to somebody that's new to this space?
1: Uh, that's funny. Um, to me, a DAO done really well is a venture capital group of commoners that are trying to create something fresh from a common interest. So like what the way that I explain Superfest to people when I'm like okay like if I take like everything away and try to simplify it as much as I can it's like it's a venture capital for creative and arts with a really dope party at the end of the year. You know what I mean? Like the, we're trying to fund things that are artful, creative, expressive that empower our community and then At the end of the year, we have a music and arts festival that celebrates all the dope shit we've done for the year. And our hope is to create a music and arts festival that not only in the way that we get there is very different than what you typically see, because like one of the big things that's different about how we're approaching this is Coachella, Bonnaroo, uh, big ears, you know, whatever, like, like whatever, whatever it is. Most of these festivals exist for like eight week time horizons, right. Where it's like lineup excitement. Are you going? Are you not cool? We're there. Bye. And our thing is like, we, we were always on tour. We're 24, seven, 365 65. Um, and so, you know, in the interest of that it's like, we're co-creating with a group of people on a consistent basis to realize this future that we want. Like I tell people from a, like a DAO perspective, what I think is really interesting is like, if I have a thousand dollars, I can't do a lot with that. If I can find a thousand other people with a thousand dollars, we can start to make, we can put some cracks in the pavement. You know what I mean? And I think with the way that like, particularly what I believe the core consuming generation of web three today is, which is millennials, because it's like, we're just old enough to have a pulse on culture and not be irrelevant and have flexible spending cash to be able to say like, I can put up the extra thousand, but maybe not ten fifty Cause we've gone through two recessions now. Um, I think it's a really big opportunity. And I think that millennials have a lot to say and are really misunderstood by like a lot of modern media in terms of what they want to see in the world. But I think the reason that well, a lot of us are misunderstood is because we come through a lot of shit. You know what I mean? When you just think about think about it. And so um, I think that the doubt, and I don't, I don't think this is just for millennials, but I just think that like, we're the ones that are going to pioneer what this is because we are expo- we have the exposure to get it and we have the ability to invest in it. And we have the passion because we want to see something different in the world. Uh, to come together and do something in that capacity. So yeah, I think it's a venture capital with a common interest, a venture capital fund with a common interest run by commoners, you know, uh, that have a little bit of a propensity for technology innovation.
2: I love if millennials would be known for something good. Hopefully Dow's I didn't, would be think You know it. what, yeah. though, like like
1: hot take, like, I don't think the media has any interest in representing anything that's positive anymore. You know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like like no, no, I think he's like 100%. the biggest piece of shit in human kind, in Roger Stone. But like at the same time, he says something I think is really impactful, and what he said in his in his Netflix special, which is like anger and hate is a, is a more powerful emotion than love. And it's like you know if you tell that to my dad, who grew up mm-hmm. in the six, in the sixties and was a musician, he'd be like you know that's disgusting. And I'm like yeah, but like we're here now, right? Um, but there's you know yeah. there's a lot of positivity from every single generation, and I think the biggest piece is like. I belief with web three, what I'm very excited about because I've never felt at home with popular social media. Cause I've always looked at it as like, this is shit. Mm-hmm. Like personally, like here we go into the hot take shit. But I, like my thing, and I tweeted about this today, is like, we have to stop celebrating people who own things and start like to connect deeper and have meaningful conversations and substance around people who like have ideas and substance and motivation to, be things versus ownership like materialism is like a real bad part of society right now and it's like yeah we all have credit cards like i could go and buy balenciaga xyz if i wanted to that doesn't mean shit for who i am you know what i mean but we've gotten away from that so um i think that's kind of like you know what for me what's resonated with web3 is tribes versus mass you know
2: Mm -hmm. you said you said something really interesting, um, how ownership in Web3 and kind of like that fame and kind of saying like, I have this or that. Um, oftentimes, Web1 is described as read, Web2 as read and write, Web3 is read, write and own. How does that conflict with that kind of notion that you can you know, have these NFTs, you can have this kind of status because you well, if, if that's things. a
1: really really good question because i think that the bad part of where we are is that we have a web 2 mindset with web 3 opportunity so it's like in web 2 it's read and write but it's read and write about majority of it is like either well a lot of it is really like read and write about reality tv right like people don't do things they do things through other people they live vicariously right so part of the culture that's emerged with that is the flex, is I live vicariously through people who are more than I am and are aspirational to what I hope to be, which like it or not, a lot of time is based on material interest, right? they own this, their mate looks like this, you know, like they do these extravagant things. And so like in web three, when you bring it into it, it's like, yo, web three happens so fucking fast. And so toxically fast, like it or not, like I'll say it, like culture should not happen that fast, and that's why we have a struggle with like what is the culture of Web three? Because if you're not, if you were not part of that twenty like initial CryptoPunk minting board ape, got a bag early, no one looks on this shit favorably. Let's be clear, like no one's sitting there being like, oh man, like this is so cool, like let me go and buy a two hundred thousand dollar ape. Like <laughs> no one's like, oh yeah, I get it, I want to be part of it. People are like, fuck those guys. Fuck those white middle aged dudes with money. Let's be clear, yes. you know what I'm saying? And so, like, and so, what I think the problem is is that this whole community of what we've expressed it as is look at how much more I have than you. Like look at the alpha group; it's a bunch of people that are basically in a boiler room, being like, "What's the latest tip?" So we can all be extra liquidity for each other. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's bad practice, and we really let it all live and not really call bullshit on it because the other thing is, is that like. NFT Twitter is an echo chamber, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I think that where we hope to go, because I've talked to a lot of people behind the scenes who like had the same feelings as I was like, like, I don't know if I wanna be part of this if it's gonna be this way anymore, you know, or, or, or only this way, right? Like where we have to go is start to embrace things like music NFTs where people are trying to tell broader stories and like differentiate between streaming, which like, again, hot take, terrible for the artist, not really hot take it's obvious um versus like the fan club in the inner circle which is where the NFTs going to come in right so like these are more interesting concepts to me like nouns in my opinion dopest project that exists in the space because they seek to do something very different and pave a way for people to do stuff together with consequence You know what I mean? Um, And I think that's where we'll start to have some of the convergence of like the best of Web 2 melding with Web 3. But right now, a lot of Web 3 is like bag talk, flex, clout chasing from the Web 2 era, but just Mm -hmm. with digital assets. And like, I think personally, that shit's corny.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree and I hear what you're saying. How how do you reconcile cause you're a board ape owner, right? You're part of yeah. this very exclusive ownership club. How do you
1: it's very true? <laughs> it's it's very true. Mean, true. I've literally right a fucking other side <laughs> land on my wall. Yeah. Yeah I, know. Other side, yeah. I know.
0: So how do you reconcile with that? Cause I agree. Like it is that sort of like, here's my bag, here's my bag, here's what I own. It gives me act you you know, theoretically you have access to things that we don't um, where does it go next? How do we get out of that?
1: Well, or do we so I, of that? I guess I would clear this up. So, so I was on the outside looking cause I was like burnt by the fact that I didn't mint and I had the opportunity. So of course, like you feel that. Um, and I never like, I never understood like people giving credence to like people who had this digital asset in front of their name It's like, Oh, you're an authority now. It's like, this doesn't even sound halfway intelligent. Um, but, Like many people who ended up buying an ape did, I spent some time looking at all the different trades. I had made some money flipping. So I was fortunate in that regard because I got in early enough to like catch the, what I call like the Instagram rug, rug wave, which is like thing for being shilled on Instagram. There's way too many people, too much time and money on their hands, jumping into things they had nothing, no, no idea about. And I'll admit that like, I knew what I was doing and like learned and took enough lumps to be able to, you know, profit during that time. I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to get a piece that like I really am proud of that I like and I just fell in love with the rainbow grill which is like kind of like if you look at like my Clonex like Clonex has a rainbow grill too so like that's my like trait I would say and then the other side crystal thing like m- mix- mixes in with that whole brand DNA of like the crystals and the jewels and the gem tones or whatever which is kind of like you know cordwain I have like 40 different crystals in my office or whatever for whatever reason um and uh the other piece that I make clear is I don't, I honestly have received zero benefit from being a board boarded holder. Like I think that the original community that founded it and stays close was before my time. Um, I went to ape fest and had fine time. I've been to a lot of live shows and festivals where I was just like, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Like too many people in the crowd that don't know who LCD sound system is kind of weird, but it's cool. Um, um, not a lot of people dancing, but you know it's cool. Um, not a lot of weed smoke. It's, it's exclusive. Right. Thirty minute drink, drink times. It's cool. <laughs> Way too many people in line for merch. Interesting. Um, but I met a couple people that are, you know, ape holders, and you know, generally, I think that like a lot of people have not done the membership piece to it right. Like, if you got a lot of value out of like out of the board ape ecosystem, it's because you got in early and you held, and you got the airdrops, and you know but it's all monetarily beneficial. And I just don't believe that that's the only way to create value. I actually, in fact, believe that culture based on financial gain is not a culture at all. There's like one culture that's been built that way. It's called Wall Street. And you tell me how cool that is. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't have an interest in being built up. Like I was part of sneaker culture in 2004 when like Supreme was just becoming a thing in New York. Like I remember going to the Supreme store for the first time, like looking at like box logo tees and being like, I guess I'll spend, you know, $30 on this, whatever. Like, I like the name. It's cool, you know? I had a bunch bunch of friends who skated or whatever. I went down to college in the South wearing, like, Bape and Billionaire Boys Club and Supreme and all this shit, like, in 2005. You know, people looked at me like I was an alien. that got dropped in the middle of Knoxville, Tennessee. And when things get overly commoditized and commercialized and money becomes part of the whole thing and the stock flipped, it's like it completely washes out the soul of this whole thing, which is why sneaker culture is dead now. Like everybody that's part of secret culture knows that the shit is washed. You know what I mean? And so for me, I'm like, it's interesting. Like I have to fight instincts because we're in a time with social media where everybody's like dashboard, numbers, scoreboard, go, time horizon, how long, you don't have enough time, what's your viral moment, PR, and I'm like. But all those things can be manufactured like it's to me, it's easier to create hype than it is to create something of substance that matters to people enough where they want to create it gradually together. I find that to be the art form because it's like if you can actually say no to hype and you can go into the bunker with like 100, 200, 500 other people and start to create dope shit. Not a lot of people do that anymore. And like that's how hip hop was born. You know what I mean? Like there was a time in fucking New York where people listen to hip hop like that's not music. Where are we now? You know, but like anything worthwhile mm-hmm. has got to burn slow. It's got it. And that's why like, honestly, the bear mark is the best thing that happened to Web3. Best thing. Go ahead. I can go wrong, so I'm you, sorry. Um,
2: <laughs> I, I, I want to tie something. So you just started talking about creative again. And at the very beginning, you said you wanted to do creative differently, but you also run an agency. And I, I imagine with that, that means yeah. that, that, that you want to run an agency differently. And then you also said that you were really into DAOs. How do DAOs change your agency so that you do, can do
1: creative differently? That's, you know, it's an interesting question, um, for a lot of different reasons, um, it's interesting. Cause it's like transparently I'm so focused on super fast. Like it's really the majority of all my life right now, um, because for a lot of reasons, uh, I have really incredible partners and in the team that help me run 11 ounces. And we have a very unique business model with how we operate lean and have a lot of really good partners and things of that nature. Um, I don't know that the DAO's ready to impact my core business yet because the learning curve is still high, right? Um, but I think the way that we were using a similar concept prior to even knowing about what a DAO was, Was basically like finding the most talented creatives that loved a brand, bringing them into the creative process, and being like, rather than paying this photographer that I would pay to shoot a campaign, I'm gonna go find everyday people that love this brand that also are photographers to be the ones that we pay and shoot and almost use it as like a point, like a platform for them to get to the next level, point of exposure. Um, an opportunity for them to be mentored and learn. Like we actually ran a bunch of these kinds of things. Like we did this really cool campaign where we did a whole photo shoot out in LA for uh, Paper Planes, which is like uh, Jay-Z's brand out of Rock Nation. Um, and one of the kids that was a photographer had never had like a professional opportunity and got hired by the Yankees following the campaign that we did, right? So like, to me, like that's the case of like, what the fuck I've ever been trying to do, right? Because my whole thing, and why I'm honestly not great at running a business and advertising, and I'll be the first one to say it, is I just will not take every money, like every dollar that like every, like if I can't, like, it's the same thing as like, I can't sell a product I don't truly believe in. I just am not that kind of person. Uh, I can't sell products on behalf of a brand if I don't believe in what they're doing. Like, you'll never see me work for Kraft food. Like you just won't. And it's like, no disrespect. Like I used to love, you know, uh, uh, Velveeta a lot. I tried it recently. Not as good as when I was a kid. Um, But like, I just, like, I just don't believe in that. You know what I mean? Like, I work with SoundCloud because I believe in up-and-coming artists getting a platform to break into the game and change it in the way that Uzi and Cardi did back when they were coming up. You know what I mean? But, like, I'm ethically very conscious about who I work with in advertising. I think that's how I probably stomach the reality of what I'm doing is um, mor- morally always that conflict a little bit with, like, you know, how you might hear me come off uh, with having a very, you know, specific point of view in that regard. hmm
0: yeah, so we haven't dove into Superfest yet or really explained yeah. what it is. Can you kind of give us the rundown of what Superfest is? And it sounds like you're spending all day every day um, focused on Superfest. That's
1: all I think about, honestly. Um, and it's actually at this like really, really fucking cool point right now that like uh, I never thought I would enjoy as much as I am. Um, so Superfest... Is the offspring of Superfly Productions, which um, is, you know, the founding fathers of Bonnaroo back at the start of the American Music Festival uh, explosion in the early 2000s, um, which was then followed up by many other experiential activations, but most notably outside lands in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Um, and the idea for Superfest led by, uh, you know, one of my now mentors, Rick Farman, who's the CEO of Superfly one of the OGs that created this company in Bonnaroo, which I went to many times in college and like, just had this like, you know, out of body experience with how incredible of a thing was created. Cause it was like, the experience was as good as the music, you know what I mean? And it's hard. Like I've been to a lot of festivals. That's not the case for most of them where it's like, you go and you're like, I'm in another world now you know? And they were um, like
0: one of the OGs, right? Like one of the, no the first festivals to be able no to doubt. do that.
1: It was like Coachella, Lala, and Bonnaroo were all happening in different pockets of the country in the first couple of years at the same time. Um, and like, you know, they started really like, you know, it's funny. They started really at like um, with a jam band and like, like rock-focused lane that then evolved and you know my first bonder that I ever went or or second bonder like you know jay-z was one of the headliners who's like my favorite artist of all time and stuff so they evolved over time but they colored out a niche with like a very specific type of genre and consumer which is funny because like i don't think you could it'd be harder to do that today because people are so cross-genre you know what i mean um but they killed it and, have, you know, Bonnaroo's gone on to be like a staple of the circuit now in a really big way. And again, has always maintained that experiential side, camping festival in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. I went to University of Tennessee. So like when I was there, people were like, oh, yeah, we do this in Bonnaroo every year. And I was like, you know, it's fucking weird. The only reason I know about that is because growing up in Brooklyn, I had this one psycho friend of mine that went to Bonnaroo in 06. Uh, and he got in a car that drove down from Brooklyn to Tennessee with nothing in his like bag, but like one change of clothes, had no tent, no nothing and went down there, like went to rage against the machine and like came back and looked like you'd been living on it like as a homeless person for the last week. Um, but it had, you know, it had a very near and dear place in my heart and back to the story. So Rick is like this serial entrepreneur that like loves creativity and live music and the live and the, and the communal experience of that, right? Um, And so he wanted to do something that was very different and, you know, had some influential people. I think I was one of them that were very connected to Web3. And so Superfest essentially is coming out of this ecosystem of like building large scale and boutique size live experiences for decades, 25 years now. Um, And you buy an NFT called the Superpass and it's your membership token that grants you to be a founder of a future festival that we are going to build collectively as a community with superfly so superfly is going to actually do the production but as a community member and a founder which is different and we treat people in our community very different than how you typically are treated in like a nft community you are going to basically create a direct concept influence the decision making of what this festival is you know is it going to be in the middle of the field is it going to be in the inner city is it going to be in one place Is it travel um How much money are we going to spend on experience versus security? Like, well, not really security because we got to make sure that's like done in a certain way. But there's like there's ways to get around that. Like, actually, I'll share an insight. We had our first planning meeting a week ago and we were looking at like typical festival field settings, hybrid settings, inner city settings. And I talk about and like the one of like the new kind of like memes in the community is that fences are the enemy. Because what people don't realize when you're looking at when you're actually owning the P and L of a festival, which all of our founders are, right? Like we went and walked them through a, a festival P and L, which is like you normally are not getting this exposure, right? This is like close to the best type shit. Also with like people that like invented the game, right? Um, you start to look at the price of fencing, and you're like, wait a minute, like I can get another headliner for this shit, like fencing. <laughs> Fencing, and so like you know, it kind of like starts to make you think like maybe we want to do something city based for the first couple of years because why would we take that money and put it to fencing? Like if you think about what the fencing price is, well then what are porta potties and what are this? You know, and so it's a really interesting exercise that we're all going through with the community where everybody's thinking very critically about how to you know build this festival. But what I think is more exciting is it's not just a festival. Superfest is a decentralized festival collective that consists of. Artists, super fans, and makers. And we come together with the shared interest to go see shows together, to throw our own shows, to celebrate art and culture, and our North is to build Superfest. And the engine that powers the whole thing is our super, Superfest treasury, which is our DAO-like component. So what we did when we went through Mint, and I'll be the first one to say, so um, we have 3,333 founder tokens, we minted about half of them. Um, 80% of that revenue went into the treasury. 20% went back to the project to pay for staffing and, you know, allow me to have a family and all that kind of shit, as well as some other people that work really, really hard on this. Um, and 325000 went into the treasury. And so since then, we've had a group of seven festival uh, 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 Superfest holders go to Hulaween last week. Uh, We had a Fish and uh, MSG New Year's pre-party that's going to have 50 people come into our orbit and hang out before the shows over New Year's be approved. Uh, Carnival Rio trip was approved. Uh, Art Basel we're going to, which was $70,000, was approved to the Treasury. So the community now is creating experiences, small and large, Using what we were giving to them. And the best part of it is it's all chapters in the book of building superfest right? So it's all we're always on tour, we're always activating, we're creating new ideas, we're putting them actually in the market. We're using that to recruit more people in. And ultimately, like I said, like we're gonna end up building this festival. So again, it's a you know, creative venture capital firm run by commoners with the power of superfly, building a dope ass party at the end of the year, but also a lot of really cool stuff in between. So sorry that that's long winded, but I don't believe that there's really many other projects that are doing what we're doing in the space. Um, So I like to take the time to talk about how different it is and kind of all the components.
0: For sure, yeah. So like you said, you mentioned about half of them. So um, that's about what fifteen hundred founders that own a super pass. Yeah. Um, What types of people are those? Is it like? Do you even know? Do you have insight into who these people are? Like, are they mainly artists? Are they mainly just people who like festivals? So, like, who
1: are they? So we have in that we have over 100 artists that are both visual and um, uh, music artists like everybody from Pussy Riot to Justin Brett at the Glitch Mob to Amber Vittoria, who's, you know, very well known visual artist, Jen Stark, a bunch of other LPGOB, uh, Blondish, you know, like we have like a very robust artist roster, which Caroline has been, you know, responsible cool. for putting to, putting together. What's also cool is we have a bunch of like Web3 endemic artists that are part of that, like Cam Murdoch, um, Domino, Taro. Like we have a bunch of people that are like born out of Web3 from a you know musical perspective. So we want to give them a platform as well and be part of that story. Um, we have industry founders as well, so people that are less artists but like working in the business of music and creating really dope shit in that capacity um and then we have a lot of people that are like festival goers and super fans right and the cool thing about it from a community perspective is that if you're like a super fan, you get closer exposure to the creative process than ever before. And I like to tell people that like with the treasury, you actually get to be a creative in a different way. Right. Cause like each proposal is create creatively driven, right? Like the best proposals have like a point of view and an idea and like, you have to sell people on it. Um, but on the flip side, if you're an artist, you get proximity to a group of people that like love art and culture the way that you do. So like you can test new ideas. You know, like a lot of the people that we brought into our orbit, um, have said that like, what are their incentives that they want to expand their brand? And it's hard to do that sometimes under their normal moniker and their normal horizon that they work within. So in web three, they can take risks and chances that otherwise they might not be able to. So it's really inspiring to them. Um, but yeah, it's a very like vibrant and, you know, robust community. We have in total 656 unique holders right now. Um, so it is a small community, but it's also like been a blessing for that because like I've personally met with over 95 of the people that are in our community oh, cool. like on, on like a hour long one-on-one call um so I know I have like and I take it upon myself to like try to do a, like a good amount of that on a consistent basis um we've had a lot of like meetups where people have you know met up and gone to shows together um and you can see the camaraderie that comes through you know what I mean like it's it's I think one of these things where people are very understanding of what the opportunity is long, to- long term and the investment of the people that are a part of it and also the mentorship opportunity and the learning opportunity that goes into a very like high barrier to entry industry. You know, like, it's not easy to get into this field. So the fact that mm-hmm. you have people that have been in it for you know decades and worked in it from various different capacities is like pretty cool that you get that level of exposure and opportunity to collaborate, ideate and learn from people that do things that you want to do, but otherwise might have no idea how to even break in.
0: Totally. Can you tell us a little bit about the treasury and, and how that works from a business side? So there's, um, 80% of the revenue from the mint went into the treasury and that can yep. be used to fund proposals like yep. these trips to, um, other festivals. What happens when the money runs out? How does that get replenished?
1: Well, that's a really good, uh, good question. So one of the things that we have done to go forward and like, you know, a couple of things I am not, and I was, I've changed, but I used to be like a perfectionist in a creative way. And then I got into like an iterative optimization based approach where it's like, Hey, actually it's never going to be perfect. So what you should do is start because then you'll have benchmarks where you can start to like really see how do we advance the ball. Right? So a lot of the early stuff that we've been approving is we want to get people out and experiencing, right? We want to get the insights tangibly from when you were at a festival seven deep, Branded tents and all this shit. Like, what did people say? What did they think? Because then we can start to level it up. So, we've gotten out of the gates. We've now formed um, it's funny, I don't even know what the na- official name of them is, but it's a treasury council of eight different people that have various experiences with DAOs um, to oversee the education, the KPIs, the guardrails, information that comes with leveraging our treasury in the future. And what they're doing is they're looking at what's happening as like a proof of concept. And they're basically writing up like, this was good. This was bad. This is okay. And here's why. So we can basically distill all the insights and start to have like a V2 of the treasury. Cause like, I'll be honest, the full treasury hasn't even opened yet right now. It's just this field trip program, which is like, go to an event and activate at it. Um, The Basel one we ran through the core treasury has like a preview. Cause what we're doing is very other side driven of like, let's iterate and like move step-by-step into like the next lanes. Cause not everybody in our community is like, really diehard DAO, diehard NFT Web3. Like we're teaching a lot of people at the same time because festival culture is all over the spectrum in terms of their proximity, right? Um, but the but the core thing, which we're going to drive into in Basel is the replenishment, right? So I told you how much like we ended up approving to the treasury. Our goal is to end essentially through the efforts of our community and our inner team is to basically Reduce what we are taking out of the treasury to almost zero, if not make money on the entire thing by the way that we structure it. And so it's a learning, it's a learning experience in the sense that if people can start to think this way, which like shockingly, I'll tell you, they already were. Like I remember like when we first submitted the proposal to the treasuries, people were coming to Discord being like, Are we sure that we want to put 25% of the treasury up for this? And like, what's our target consumer? And I'm like, Let's go. Like we're asking like real <laughs> business owner questions now, right? Like this yeah. is awesome. And like by the way, like I didn't tell you guys to say this shit. Um, but yeah, so now we're going to in a replenishment exercise. The other thing that we're building out, and there's like a whole other you know window to this, but we're building a founder portal because we also know that Discord is a huge barrier to entry for us. Um, and so it's gonna take all the information in for, for most people in this world, right? Um, of festivals, is to take all the information in Discord, make it more accessible through like an app like. Function, cool. um, and one of the key pieces of that is going to be recruitment, because the way that we want to leverage the rest of our tokens and bringing and growing our founder base, I don't want random people to just go ahead and mint off the contract anymore, mm-hmm. right? Like we had that opportunity, we had that initial wave. Everything now is hand-to-hand combat, because what matters is the intentionality of everybody coming into this community. If we're going to create something great, that's going to build a legacy. And we're going to have values that we're going to adhere to. And we're going to have accountability. And we're going to, like, introduce new concepts that are going to allow us to work together on a day-to-day basis. We're going to do creative projects. We're going to fund them. We're going to replenish this. And we're going to get deep into the trenches of building something fucking dope. We got to know that we're bringing the right people in. So the founder portal is going to have an ability to say, like, yo, like, I went to a show and met this really dope person. There's 1,500 tokens in our treasury. You can mint at mint price while our floor is whatever it is by scanning this QR code and going direct to a site. And you could pay by credit card or ETH depending on what your level of familiarity with Web3 is. But it's all street team oriented for the future. Mm -hmm.
0: So even though mint is closed, there's still a mechanism for new people to mint?
1: There will only be through like these basically all the super passes went into the treasury. So these are treasury based allotments. So what I we're going to be doing is saying, like for Basel, for instance, and like this is, you know, something that we we're just talking about, is figuring out how many super passes from the treasury we're going to make available for recruitment at Basel. Okay, so and this desi- is the
0: revenue stream for the replenishment?
1: It's one of them, right? Okay. Another so- revenue stream is when we sell merch at these events, right? Another revenue stream is when we sell sponsorships mm-hmm. and partnerships at these events. Another revenue stream is going to be when people build new concepts and ideas, which I can tell you, people have tons of them. They're just waiting for the treasury to open. And it's like, we fund some portion, but in them building this business or the idea, there's some replenishment mechanism that comes back to basically pay back whatever their investment was. Right. Right. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. Um, And honestly, like. I feel like we already have like a good spectrum, like, you know, another thing is going to be like when the festival starts making money and things of that nature, right? Like there'll be different dynamics with that. Um, but it's really like, you know, focus on the ones that are ahead of you and then start to build new pathways into future revenue and opportunity as we go. Um, you know, and then another funny thing that I tell people is like, look, festivals are like the most expressive community, like festival people are the most expressive communities in the world and we don't have a PFP yet, you know, So, and like, and like, that's just the start of a new conversation, right? But again, my thing is like, we are going to go at our own pace, run our own race, and we're going to stay low and keep firing. And we're going to build as our community dictates in that speed. And the beautiful thing about it is like, everybody's like, the general consensus around our current community is like, hey, like, we're good. Like, I don't want to run too much faster. Like, I love where we're at right now, you know? And Mm -hmm. I feel very, like, special in that feeling because, you know, like, yes, no, you've seen enough mints. Like, when you don't have that, like, 100% sold out, you're like, fuck, man, am I good at my job, you know? (laughs) Um, And then you just realize, like, yeah, you're in a different lane. You're doing something different. It's more innovative. So um, it's exciting. It's fun. How do do you balance, I mean,
2: running a business with a couple business partners is hard enough, but it sounds like you've got Six hundred uh, six 656 here. Uh, and some voices are going to be way louder than others. How do you balance that? And is, or is this kind of like a thing of like, Hey, well, I've got two tokens. You've got one, I've got two votes. You have one. like, how, what, how does this work? And then how do you also deal with the natural tendencies of like the floaters kind of like going with the flow, whatever. And then no the ones that are the actually active, because as small echo chamber, might just end up taking over the whole thing because they're just no the doubt. loudest and the most interested. No
1: doubt. No doubt. Um, it's a really, really fucking great question, man. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, one of the things that we've done that I think has been devoid, like has not been prioritized throughout the greater space. And we were like, we're not going to make any decisions until we do this is we codified our values upfront. And I think it was a really, and like we, that was our first vote ever. So everybody in the community voted on, are we going to adhere to this? Right. And so what that does now is it creates a filter and gives air cover for everything. So like perfect example, like we are doing as part of our Basel uh, treasury fund, a housing stipend. Cause we're like, Hey, like, you know, everyone comes from different means that fossil is expensive. We're going to put up a certain amount of money for this one thing and make sure that like cause everyone has this passion to like stay together in houses, which is also very unique for like web three. Like every like I think we have like 30 people staying in two different houses where they're all like living together and like going to have their own like little activations that they're going to do and shit. Right. Um, and there was people that were like, you know, hitting me directly being like, Hey, like, oh, I wasn't around. I didn't know this was going down. I missed the cutoff. And I'm like, Hey man, like value number 11 answer starts with you. How do you fix this problem? I ain't minding to solve. And they're like, yeah, you're right, man. I'm sorry. Have you have a nice night, you know? and so, But like, the thing is, so it's, so it's values, but then it's also like, one of the things that I've noticed is I've given so much time and the community would test this. I've given so much time to talking to people individually, collectively, like there's no veil, like we're a different kind of project than that, right? Like we're having a founder forum on the 17th where like, I'm going to show people the high level of where we're going for the next like year, 18 months, like projects don't do that because it's all about surprise hype, you know? And it's like, well, we know what we're building and who we're building it with and the substance that comes with it. So I don't, you should have the alpha. You're a founder. If you weren't, if we didn't do this, that you would just be a community member. And like, to me, that's even like, you're kind of a social follower in a way with a little bit more consequence. You know what I mean? Um, And that's no disrespect disrespect to how other people do it. We're just not that model. Um, And so it really starts with like value codification and trust, right? Because... I just got off a call earlier where people were like, you know, so-and-so was like in their feelings or whatever. And like my response like, let's be fucking adults. And he's like, that's what you want me to tell him? I was like, yeah, like an adult that. or like, let's like cut, like cut bait now. Like, and so it, it comes with like running a tone too. It's like, if the answer starts with you and there's accountability for all of us to control our own actions and intentionality with this project, I can't solve everything for you, my friend, mm-hmm. but you got to come correct with me so I can help. And if you do, I'm super down right but it's like and that's why honestly like this project's not gonna be built for like the larger like the full-blown like dj communities but we have some of i'm myself a self-proclaimed you know like it's just a certain mentality and you have to filter your community that way otherwise the strength for long-term building is never going to be there and i would say mm-hmm. that we have a more specific and hand-selected community the majority that exists despite the fact being super small it sounds like but it's all about trust development and that takes time
2: it sounds like in this type of situation at, at Superfest as, and, in this kind of DAO structure, um, if you're a floater, you're going to float away essentially. And you, I don't you, you, know, you though. need to be like, you need to be active.
1: You know what? We've always said this from day one, you're going to get out as much of this as you put in, that's been the credo since day one. Right. And I don't, and I, and I, and I've had people that have like gone away for weeks and they've come back. And so like, the thing about me is I'm very accessible right? Like if you ping me in the discord, I'm going to get to it that day. I'm going to give you a direct response. I'm going to be like, yo, hit me in DM. There's like over 150 people have my calendar. So I can just set up a meeting. Like I'll have meetings where I'm like, who the hell? Oh yeah. It's just someone in the community I haven't met them yet. Cool. Um, my thing is cause we're creating new ways to like stay tapped in. Like the founder portal is going to be a big deal for that, right? When you start to take your mm-hmm. announcements and you make them notifications versus like a discord announcement with every other server you're in changes mm-hmm. the way that you stay on top of things. Right. Um, the other thing too, is like we have multiple people that are as approachable as I am. We're like, you can set up that time to be like, yo, like I've been out of pocket for four weeks, but like I'm back. How do I get involved? And they can be like, Oh, boom, 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 boom. Go talk to this person, that person, whatever. Um, and then the last thing that's been a godsend and I, and you know, it, I not, not enough discord servers have this is the forums feature It's huge. I don't think a lot of servers are using this. The only one I know of besides us is, uh, uh, artifact, but like forums allow certain conversations to stay relevant and not get lost in chat so it's like going back to the message boards days or reddit right so like that makes it way easier to tap back in but i would say it's like it's choose your own journey but you're definitely if you stay tapped in at a high clip like people who have which there's quite a bit of them will tell you they've got a lot out of that um and i definitely think that like the experience only intensifies but that's kind of like any project right
0: it, is Superfest technically a DAO? Because earlier you said it has a DAO-like feature, so I assume that it might not be a DAO. Uh,
1: well, we call it a do because we're not Dude. autonomous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I like people know my government, and I don't care. I'm I'm not worried about you know anything that comes with that. So uh, it's funny because I said the same thing in a meeting, and uh, one of our uh, other founders, Mike Lazaro, who's um, you know really prominent figure in the space or whatever he said that exact line and I've just ran with it ever since but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah
0: I'm curious too you it sounds like you guys are building your own you're calling it the founders portal yeah how do you how do you personally feel about discord and the insane use of it in web3
1: you know I was using discord before web3 Mm -hmm. so I'll I love discord forever Like Mm -hmm. I think that it's, I've been telling so many people like it's the dopest social platform that's ever been invented because it's community building at the core. And it's like all the things that you want to do can be done there in a really cool way. Right. I think the security stuff sucks, but like at the same time, majority of that's social engineering. So it's like, if you know how to avoid the fact that like, I don't really actually know this person. So like, why would I click on a link? Like, you know, you can, be you could be fine. I just think that like, However, the learning curve for it is higher than any social platform like it just doesn't look and feel like other ones so like when you have someone who you know your homies with that is huge on Instagram or YouTube whatever they come over they're like, what the fuck do I do and, you know, and some of them just don't make it through the learning curve. Like I've had a lot of friends that like during the pandemic like we were watching, you know, everything from like, you know, I'm a big Knicks fan or whatever, um, you know. Unfortunately, I'm a big Tennessee Vols fan. and We're having a great year. So I'm going to call that out live on stream. If we beat Georgia this weekend, you will hear some more from me um, in a lot of different ways. Um, But we were watching sporting events that everybody's into and like they just literally could not wrap their heads around the environment. Right. So, you know, it's one of these things that I just know is not going to be mass consumption the way that like TikTok is or Instagram. So then therefore, it's like we have to meet people where they are. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's the number one thing that I've always preached in like doing creative marketing is like, hey, like your idea is great. No one cares about your problems. So like you have to go to their turf. You always do. Right. Like if you want to be a part of something, you want to interest people, like you got to meet them where they are. So we know that people engage with apps. We know that like if that app has enough baked in utility as to why you might use it and we can get into your top five we're going to make people like back to what Thomas was saying. We're going to make people power users, but just by way of having a way better method of engagement. You know what I mean? Like if we could break into your top five, top eight used apps, like you're probably going to naturally be more connected to our project than a lot of other things that you just do in life. Cause it's right there, you know? Um, yeah. and so we're building out a function where like over time, we're going to introduce features that are going to uh, like basically include, uh, everything from chat to uh, announcements feed to a directory for community members. So again, like this is one thing that's unique about us, right? It's like in a lot of web three projects, people want to be anonymous in our project. People don't really give a shit because people want to mm-hmm. like build human connection and we are all expecting to meet each other. So if we're all expecting to meet each other, the anonymity really doesn't matter. Yeah, You know what I mean? Cause it's like, why be an, anonymous and weird now when I'm just going to meet you in six months? Yeah. And I know that that's coming. You know what I mean? I'm just going to dox
0: myself in six months. <laughs> right.
1: Like I dox myself day one. Um, and, and so so like the thing that's cool for us, though, is we can build things like a directory, which is important when you think about a treasury because it's like, oh, my name is Corey Nako. And I am in creative marketing. And I'm good at these 10 things. And I really want to learn more about these things. And here's my resume and like stuff cool creative projects I've been a part of. Anybody who needs a creative marketer, brand strategist, big idea guy that has a ton of relationships of, on the production side can find me and recruit me to be part of their proposal. Right? And mm-hmm. do it in an easy way. So, and the the other thing why that's important, and this goes into like another thing that we're building out that I'll get into in a second, is cultures are based on factions and tribes of like-minded interest people that are like in smaller pockets, laddering up to one bigger mission. Right? Like this way that we've done culture in the social media age was like, it's, freaking, you know, mass armies of ants that are all have the same groupthink mentality wearing the same shit. Like there's never been a lasting culture that's done stuff that way. So like we, we kind of have to acknowledge that we got to break people into smaller groups to like increase that human connection and consequence and purpose within what we're building so that they can then mobilize and work together in the common, al- common goal of what we're building at large, right? So that's done through proposals, but the other thing that we're going to introduce um, and officially roll out in two weeks at, on the 17th and when we have the founder form is this concept that we're calling squads, which is going to be the ability for people to build subcommittees that have everyday consequence and value that they're driving against for the project and also be compensated for the reference. Cool. Because the insight that we got is we opened a job portal with five jobs and we got 655 applications. It's like one less than the amount of unique <laughs> holders that we have.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was like, and, and not all of them were holders, but it was like, Oh shit. Like even people who maybe like, cause we had a high mint price. I'm not gonna lie. It was like a $500 entry, right? For in a bear market, yeah. like that's pretty damn high. Yeah. Um, but the amount of value is like, if you've tapped in, you've gotten thousands of dollars with the value of free tickets and like all this kind of like, you know, all this different stuff that you've been you know access and we're still in the infancy of this thing. Our thing is like, how do we get everybody to be able to work with us? Well, you can now submit a proposal. You can form a squad with smaller groups of people. You can outline what you're gonna do and value you're gonna provide to the community. And you have very clear KPIs. We're gonna post X amount of times per week. We're gonna drive social conversation up, which we're gonna bring all that data back into the founder's portal, and make it readily accessible. We're gonna, we're big on scoreboarding in the sense that everyone has visibility of what the goals mm-hmm. are. So then mm-hmm. we can work towards common goals, right? But what's gonna be cool is like, I'll also talking about we don't have a PFP. Like this is the first layer of identity. It's like, Hey, I'm part of the meme poster Friday ship post, ship posting squad. Mm, yeah. Like, great. What's your brand? What's your name? How do you look? How do you engage? Like, you know, how do you represent yourself? You guys have a dinner coming up at Basil. You guys have, you know, this meetup happening at Brooklyn Mirage, like whatever it is, people start to get like identity in a you know way that where it's, you're defined by what they do, not by what they have. And so yeah. it's going to be a really cool paradigm in like the progression of the project. And I think it's going to get, the ability to learn and work with other people of like minded and different interests because you can be a member of multiple spots if you have the time, you know. Yep. Um, but what I like about it is if you can't keep up with everything that's going on and you're part of a squad, you have like, okay, I know that. I'm going to do this one thing, I'm going to tap into this one way, right? So it gives just different ways of people engaging, yeah, and getting value out of the project.
0: Yeah, I'm curious, why couldn't you build super fest? pre-Web3. What is it about Web3 that unlocks the ability to super fast to exist?
1: That's a good question. I think I think the I think it's really that like stuff being on chain creates a mentality shift in a way. Um I think it creates like these smaller concentric circles of unity around something where Mm -hmm. there's transparency and shared consequence in a greater mission. Um, I think it's probably been used to take advantage of people. It creates maybe a sense of trust that people have like kind of, you know, like using not so great a way sometimes. Um, But I also would say too, like, you know, it's a, it's a, I, I don't know that the concept of like, like the mechanics of like how our treasury works, like really are powered by the blockchain. You know what I mean? Like you could do it with Venmo, but it's like you wouldn't have the same transparency to like what goes in and what goes out. You know what I mean? So there's just like a, there's just a trust factor. And uh, I think also too, it's like as complicated as the blockchain is, like it ain't that crazy. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I would say, also going back to cultural development, which you guys can tell, I spent a lot of time in this field is like, Cultures are typically developed where there is a high barrier to entry to start, right? Like hip hop started because people were playing in parks and they had a story to tell that, you know, a lot of people didn't want to listen to in mass, but they could find their tribe and play for them and get, you know, break the door down and start to like move upwards. Like sneaker culture started where people like Ben Baller, the goats of the space were driving down, you know, all through California going skate shop after skate shop, picking up these rare things that were sitting on shelves that he knew had some type of collector value, right? Like, that's work. And so to me, like people were like, Oh, we got to reduce the friction. I'm like, yeah, but I kind of like the friction because the people that cross the barrier are so qualified to be part of something in a different way. Like if we make everything Instagram, it's like, okay, cool. I'm here for three days and I'm out, you know? Um, so I'm not saying that it needs to stay this way forever, but I think there's a positive side to this that gets very quickly overlooked. You know, we're so used to like, 10 million, 5 billion. It's like, yo, like you could do a lot of shit with like 10,000 people. Like a lot of shit, you know? Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the answer for all the reasons why this couldn't happen to Web2. I know that they they toyed at Superfly with the idea of doing something Kickstarter mm-hmm. related. Um, you know what the other thing? I think the, the, that the token keeps greater connectivity long-term. I think that like the appreciation and value is a thing, right? Like if everybody can. Comp- like like puts effort into this thing so you have a tangible asset that can rise in value based on the way that like there's a you know uh increased demand over supply there's a lot of dynamics to it um and i and for that reason like i'm fully on board of like you know web 3 is the future i don't know if we'll ever see the acronym nft after the next 18 months like probably that needs to die i don't know whose idea was like where the fuck did fungible come from <laughs> what like what like who didn't bring any marketing guy in to be like hey like uh, probably not the word
0: you know, web three is like the greatest marketing word to ever happen. I love it.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Because when you say it to people like, wait a minute, I'm in web two. That's not, that feels bad. Yeah. It's they're like, like, I'm not, I'm not old. part of it. I'm
2: not yeah. part of it. Version. Yeah, yeah. It sounds yeah. like Corey, what you yeah. were saying is that there's not one. It'd be hard to put one single reason as to like why this can't be done in web two. But yeah. web three brings all these really small like benefits to it. The increase totally. in fric- the totally. friction, the novelty, the potential for appreciation, the transparency, the yep. like connectivity yep. of, of, of everybody. And it also, I, I like previous to that question. Um, I like which, and you, you, kind of mentioned it here too, of like, before we were talking about millions of users and billions versus just like a thousand. It sounds like it's okay to build small communities in web three. We
1: have to build small communities in society. We have to Mm -hmm. like when we have five lightning rods that matter, we have a big fucking problem on our hands. You know what I mean? Like this isn't how like societies developed, culture developed. It wasn't about like, oh, these 20 people with a verified, you know, check next to their name can basically sway an entire country's vote if they wanted to. Now, again, I'm going a little hyperbolic Mm -hmm. with that statement, but like not really at the same time. Like, you know, I talk about this because I grew up in hip hop mm-hmm. in Brooklyn, right? I remember when I used to go like on trips with my family or like whatever it was, I used to play basketball on AAU, I'd go all around the country, right? You go to New Orleans and everybody dressed a certain way. You go to California and people dressed a certain way. Like I could look at your shoes, your shirt, I knew that you were not from where I was from. You go to a music festival that's like a hip hop, like you go to rolling loud, everyone has the same archetype. There's like one archetype of I fit in. That's not expressive. Like that's not unique and why is that, right? It's because because of what Instagram tells us, there's one algorithm and there's one look for everybody that's of this certain mindset. We have like five archetypes in the world right now. I believe that there's hundreds of thousands. And so, you know, go to music, go to music. Like, yo, you know how happy, or any art form, you know how happy creators would be if they could make a livable wage by servicing a thousand diehard fans? versus having to sell a million uh, or get a million streams that net them yep. an average of maybe livable wage. Yep. You know what I mean? This is like, and yeah. so like, that's why it goes back to my whole <laughs> thesis of, I love my 656 community members because you know what? I can fucking talk to all of them. I know their first names. I know the shit that they want to see. I can, I know that if we have an issue, we can get in a, you know, in a, in a group chat or we whatever and we can hash it out and we can build mm-hmm. to the future because that struggle is what's going to make us last for another three years. Literally like the ability for me to go and tell someone, this is my perspective. Here's what their perspective was. We meet on different sides of the tracks and we come to a resolution. Like, that shit means that like, it doesn't matter what our floor price means anymore. We're invested at some deeper level, you know? And so like, I do think for all the little things that you said, it just creates like an engagement mindset. That's just different, you know? And like right now it's way different. Cause it's like, everybody's got reason to not be here, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's a beautiful thing with like, why I'm like, yo, like everyone's like, well, you know, like, you know, why are you still doing this and like dedicating so much time and, you know, going flying this place for a day and come whatever and stress and blah. And I'm like, well, I would just rather be part of writing the story than watching the documentary in five years. I don't know.
2: It's almost a relief to, to, to people that want to get involved in web three or build businesses or whatever it is in web three that you don't need to become a Zuckerberg or an Elon Musk or anything. You just need to get to this point where you can just have this, just be at peace of a, happy group of people
1: no doubt no doubt and you know what the funny thing is too and they don't talk about this stuff but like you go and you look at like an artist like russ who's an independent artist to the till he dies gets left off of every streaming chart because labels don't want people to know how well he does on his own go look at his money and then go look at like playboy cardi's money it's fucking disgusting but there is a thing to like independent and this goes back to the idea of ownership when you think about the right way right like when a couple people can come together and own this thing together, whether it be through a digital asset or some type of form of investment or whatever, like you can create a lot of opportunity and wealth diversification for a good amount of people by servicing just a decent amount of people. Like we're talking about the first Superfest being for 5,000 attendees. Why? Because everything else is for 50,000. It'd be really cool to just do something for five. Why? Mm -hmm. Cause I'd rather go deeper with five than go surface level with 50. I, I, I asked this, we've a, a show that's actually on tomorrow called keys, open doors. It's like where we talk to our uh, artist talent about like their time in the space and like what they got going on, blah, blah, blah. And I ask every single artist that we have on the show, would you rather play a room for a thousand people or a hundred, every one of them, hundred, hundred people sweat dripping off the ceiling, locked the fuck in. It's like, okay, well, what does that tell you? You know, and so there's just like this really interesting paradigm that's happening where it's like, I think the mass virality of things is becoming less interesting. There'll be people that still pioneer that and do that, but there's gonna be a lot more, maybe this is how we build back to middle-class, right? By like building these like subgroups and sub that can just be happy coexisting and being good enough and servicing what their needs are and feeling fulfilled. Cause like, I know a lot of people that don't need to make, you know, a hundred million dollars to feel happy. I know some people that want to. <laughs>
0: that that reminds me even from a fan perspective like thomas and i used to host and go to a lot of so far sounds shows um when we were living in chicago and san francisco and we always prefer the shows that are you know in a living room you're sitting on the floor there's 40 of you there it's so Dude. much better than going to the they did they, they pretty much just do we works now um so far sounds which is annoying and you go to like a we work show and there's like 150 people there and you're like ah this isn't as good as it used to be
1: <laughs> i I'm a, I'm a diehard fish fan too which is odd that's like oh, jay-z yeah. and fish are my two biggest uh they actually did play together in brooklyn one time which is funny uh but <laughs> so- like i every tour i seek out like Aside from Madison Square Garden, which is, like, to me, the greatest music venue ever, I seek out, like, the biggest shithole on tour. Like, where are they going to perform? Where, like, there's going to be the longest bathroom lines. There's going to be the lowest attendance. It might smell terrible. There might not have been a good show here in a decade, you know, because, like, it's, like, the ability to find magic in, like, unassuming places, you know, versus, like, it's a cool venue, the Chase Center out in San Francisco. But, like, I don't know. I loved Oracle.
0: For yep. sure. Do you do you have a few more minutes? I just realized we're like way over.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good, man. I, uh, okay, cool. Once, once we get rolling, you know, I'm, I'm locked in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want to ask you. So
0: you're you're deep into you know running a community in Web3. So I'm assuming you've learned a lot and you've seen what works and what doesn't. Uh-huh. What like if if someone listening is thinking and they have an idea for a community they want to start, <laughs> what are kind of some learnings you have um, and some key takeaways that you might do differently next time?
1: Uh... That's an interesting question. So the number one takeaway that I would have going into it next time is, um, well, actually, you know what? The number one recommendation I would have is get good and comfortable with not being derivative. Like what every, because almost every project has a derivative mechanic to it. It's like, oh, like this person did staking. We're going to do staking. This person did a PFP. We got to go and do a PFP. This thing looks like this. We got to look like that. Like I I told this to a lot of people, but I was like, what got me fucked up was like, you know, you, I'm a competitor, right? So like you want to do things to the best of your ability, but it's like, you're forced to realize at some level that like, if you're being innovative, not everybody can understand that right out of the gate and you have to go the path less traveled. Now, if you're in it for the money, which is like, you guys can tell over this conversation, right? Like, that's not the core thing that drives me, right? There's a lot of other things like, you know, I like money and I like, you know, living a certain type of lifestyle, but at the same time, like it's always got to be about something more. Um, I think following your intuition, but also and doing what you passionately want to pursue as like the creme de la creme expression of what you're trying to say and what you're trying to build. You should do that and you should not change things based on the fact that something else that was this way sold at this rate, right? However, you should also understand what it means to truly be an entrepreneur because what it really means to be an entrepreneur is to be really good at eating shit. Like the best entrepreneurs just eat shit the longest, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because like, nobody ever remembers the 17 years before you made your, you know, whatever you made or that one big thing, like go back to the, the director of squid game, like pitch squid game, for, like 20 years. And then all of a sudden it's like the fucking darling in Netflix, right? Like great creatives and entrepreneurs got to eat shit until it's your time. You know? Um, and I think in this space, what we've done is created a, a, a culture of hyperbolic wealth creation based on wild fantasy, and so people come in and they're like, wait a minute, I've never been shit in my life. I'm gonna go and start a web three project. I'm gonna make millions and I'm gonna just, we'll figure it out after that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, you know? So it's like, I, like, I think it's hard to go against the grain and like not do a PFP project or to even do a DAO. Like DAOs don't move at like lightning pace, but here's the other thing I would challenge. All of these hyperbolic mints that you've seen, what happens the next month, six months for them? Majority of them face the number one question. Is this a rug? You know, like people forget that V friends didn't sell out. People forget that like the squiggle took a while. People forget that like, if it wasn't for Pranksy and Jimmy, like board eight might've taken a lot longer than it did. And it still took time. Like good things have to go through their natural course of progression. And I, think, and I tell people that we've done our best job to make this as hard of a fucking project as we possibly can to get, like, get the right people in. But once people get in, like you'll see there's like at any point in time, we have like less than 10 listings on OpenSea for the most part. because People want to be here, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like follow your fucking gut, but get ready to eat shit. It ain't easy. At the beginning,
0: and I wanted to ask this earlier and I forgot, you mentioned that um, you really like DAO, and that's yeah. one of your favorite projects. Can you kind of explain yeah. that? I don't know much about it, um, so if you can kind of explain what it is and what, what you like about it so much.
1: Well, I just think that Nouns um, pioneered the idea of decentralized creativity and like venture capital for it. Um, I think that uh, they have a master wild treasury and like unless so I checked it's like 54 million dollars um and they were like kind of like you know they were massive inspiration for us cuz i was just like hey like i you know you guys could tell from like my start at, in you know building my own creative agencies like i don't believe that great creative ideas come from one place right like i think that that's actually a pretty democratized exercise um and i think that they did a really good job of introducing the concept of on-chain creativity and, uh, you know, venture capital investment for the best ideas where the best ideas win. Um, I think, you know, the struggle with the DAO, like that capacity is like, how do you continue to make it make sense for outsiders as you grow? Because it can get very convoluted and it can get very insular. Um, And I think that that comes down to, you know, the way that you think about your messaging hierarchy and your brand hierarchy. And it's like, you know, you don't have to tell everybody the full fucking spiel, right? Like if I was to do, like, if we were to, like to redo the whole interview, right? When you were asking like, what is super and I didn't actually tell my answer to the prior question. I would have just been like, it's a venture capital firm for creative with a really good party, right? Like boil it all the way down. Like that's leading. Um, and I think that like, you know, that's the hardest part that like DAOs have to achieve. But like, I think they pioneered a lot of, you know, what this decentralized, commoner venture capital building comes from. Um, and I think what we're trying to do is to take what they pioneered and then like kind of like restructure it in a way that works best for a certain culture and dynamic of people that are really engaged in like the live music and art experience, you know, cause there's is very much like they don't have a filter in terms of their in- the interest. Like ours is very much like if you don't like live music and art, like you probably not get like, you know, like we're not a sports project. You know what I mean? A lot of people like sports, but we're just not of you what know, we do. Um, There's is much more open-ended. So I think we're putting a filter that kind of helps us to gear it towards certain people. When we activate, we have way more of a point of view. You know what I mean? Um, and I like that for us because a lot of times when you try to mean everything to everybody, you mean nothing to nobody, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. So that helps us.
2: Cool. Thomas, do you have any no, last minute questions? Um, although I will want us to have you back on Corey for sure um, because this is, yep. this is so much fun. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, this was uh, this was a good time, and I, I'm glad that I got out of this with saving like a bunch of hot takes for another one. Um, but I still think I, I gave you some, so it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll clip them up for sure. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me.